Welcome to this week's Gig News, your go-to podcast covering the latest news, trends, and viral posts from the delivery and rideshare sectors of the gig economy. Now, let's turn it over to your hosts, professional gig workers Chad, the gig economist, and Hannibal is hungry. Hey, welcome to this week's Gig News. You might notice we have two two new guests. In the middle there, we got Steve Lobinski, author of Shop Like a Pro. What's going on, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Shop Like a Pro. Yep. If you're an Instacart shopper, check out his book. I interviewed Steve about a year ago, and yeah, I, I was like, uh, I thought we were going to collab more often, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get him on. I needed a, a co-host. And then we also got John McCallion out there in L.A., I, I forgot to bring my book. Like we're all <laughs> we're all authors. My because my book's like this thick. You know, you guys, mm -hmm. yours is like you know, you know, you know what I mean. Go cry Anyhow. in your beer. <laughs> <laughs> Drink your sorrows away. Mm -hmm. uh, By the way, know. just for the record, I'm not Hannibal. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say this is the second week in a row. Hannibal is. It's not. He's. It's not that he's out of town. He's just um, so busy. He he couldn't make it. So. Uh, hopefully he'll be back next week. So anyway, um, before we get to the news, uh, you know, why don't you guys introduce yourselves real quick? I'll, I'll, I'll let Steve go first. Hey guys. Uh, my name's Steve. I wrote a book called shop like a pro, which I guess is why I'm on here. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I mostly do grocery delivery. Uh, I live in Dallas, Texas. I've been, uh, I started gig work over three well, maybe four years ago, a couple of months after Instacart got into Dallas. And uh, my book is for Instacart and shipped shoppers, basically how to be self-employed and run your own business in the gig economy. And yeah, I, I apologize to Chad. I kind of went off the reservation this year. One reason was I did shipped full time and it was like... It was great money, and so I basically have been working all year and saving it. <laughs> all right, John, how about you uh, tell people who you are? <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, my name is John McKillian. Uh Just like Steve, I wrote a book as well and chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is called uh, The Five Foundations of Contentment. Basically, it's a, it's a self-help book based on the experiences that I've had in the past few years. Uh, not gig related, but I am, uh, well, the book's not gig related, but, um, I have been doing food delivery, DoorDash, Grubhub and Uber Eats for the past three years. And the way I got into it is, uh, I wanted to get out of student debt instead of, you know, being a lot like other millennials and Gen Zers or whatever it is I'm considered. Um, you know, instead of, you know, complaining about it, I did something and, uh, yeah, I just been doing food delivery in terms of gig work and, uh, I love it. Cool. I'm going to cool. have to, I'm going to have to read entrepreneur cheat sheet. <laughs> I, I like I like the name of that book. That, cool. that sounds really good. Mm -hmm. Well, you like it. What about the Handbook of Porters and Stout? Do you, by the way, John, did you get my book? <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay. I, I, cool. I was able to go through some of it. Uh, I'll let you know when I finish reading it. Cool, cool. Anyway, anybody have any funny or crazy stories from the road this week? I did, but I'm going to save it for the end of the show because we're going to have a discussion about it, but Anything funny, crazy, interesting you know, happened? The, the week of a holiday is not easy. 
I recommend if you are doing this, take the holiday week off. Just mm -hmm. do yourself a favor. The stores are out of a lot. <laughs> People are really, your customers are just normally stressed. You're going to have a lot of problems. Um, the rewards could be good. But in fact, you know, like if you're going to work, deliver alcohol on your favorite mm -hmm. platform. That might be the easiest thing. Because that was all I heard this week was uh, people were shipped offers bonuses. So they're, they're big on bonuses and they uh, they offered a $60 bonus for all the orders the day before Thanksgiving because they wow. wanted everybody to get their groceries and not have it roll over to Thanksgiving Day. And so yeah. that cleared the pipeline, but it just it, it's just crazy. So. I, you know, so I worked yesterday or no, two days ago, Black Friday, and it was surprisingly dead. Did you work, John? I didn't well, work. It's Friday, never no. dead in LA, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was busy, but uh, the malls were busy. I, I didn't work that day, but I went to the mall and there was a ton of people there. So I'm guessing food delivery would have been slow, too. Um, I didn't have any crazy stories, but I did have an interesting story. It was just uh, I got my first ever uh, no tip stacked order. It was weird because like it was like eight miles and the pail was seventeen dollars and you know that that's like a regular order for me. I take it and I delivered both of them and both of them were zero dollar tip and so DoorDash paid eight fifty base pair on each one. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Wow. Huh. I mean, oh, so okay. as long as it was worth it anyway, you know. Yeah, I was just, I was surprised that because usually it's like one one good tipper with no with one no tipper, but both of them no tip. I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> that is, that is weird. Anyway, uh, I guess we'll just dive into the news. By the way, I, we well, it, if you saw the list of articles in the description, you might realize this is kind of a slow news week. So this might be a little shorter show than usual. You know, I always say that. Like last week when Jason Fury was on this <laughs> show, I was like, oh, we're going to be done in like a half hour, maybe 50 minutes. It was a two-hour show. Yeah, we went 90 <laughs> minutes because <laughs> we were just bullshitting around. But actually, there was a lot. Of, we actually we do have some funny stuff to cover at the end of the show. So anyway, let's get to the real, real serious news here. We have to be two hours or an hour and a half today. <laughs> yeah. I just from the Verge.com. DoorDash will pay five point three million dollars to San Francisco to settle <clears> allegations <throat> over benefits violations. By the way, this is to the city of San Francisco, not to individual dashers. Uh, food delivery platform DoorDash has agreed to pay $5.3 million to the city of San Francisco to sell allegations it failed to provide health care and paid sick leave to some 4,500 delivery drivers as the city requires. The company did not admit wrongdoing as part of the settlement, most of which will be used to reimburse drivers who made deliveries in the city between 2016 and 2020 before a new state law covering gig workers took effect. California's gig workers, uh, which approve new gig workers law, which voters approved in November 2020's ballot measure Prop 22. Allows companies like Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash to treat workers as independent contractors, not employees. A judge ruled in August that the law was unconstitutional but remains in effect pending an appeal by the companies. We believe this DoorDash couriers are misclassified and should have been uh, employees for years. San Francisco City Attorney David Chu told the San Francisco Chronicle, which was first to report the news Monday, that it's not part of the settlement but is the perspective of the city. As part of the settlement announced Monday, most drivers get between $500 and $1,000 and the Chronicle reported that both sides agreed to the settlement to avoid a prolonged court battle. And yeah, then the, the typical um, PR from Uber. Anyway, this kind of sounds like a story we did last week about Amazon Flex, 
having to do a settlement with all their drivers. This is, I mean, there isn't a whole lot here. I mean, $5.3 million is probably like chump change to DoorDash. I mean, and also this is pre, like this is pre prop 22. So, I mean, I, we need like a lawyer in California to like really break this down. But uh, John is in LA by, you can tell by his Jersey, although there's like Earth fan everywhere. So I don't know <laughs> if this affects you at all. Well, you're not in San Francisco, obviously, but can you tell us like what's, what's going on with this? If you know anything? Yeah, it's funny. Cause uh, I mean, and um, I heard about it recently, but um, the thing with these gig apps is that they, they try to get away with as much as they can. And uh, you know, I guess they hope that, you know, some of the stuff goes through the cracks. Uh, but this kind of reminds me of how, you know, Grubhub, basically just you know puts restaurants on their app and um, you know they uh you know they get people to order from there and this is kind of similar to that it's just doras trying to get away with something and you know if they do get caught they, they figure that it'll be such such a long time later and mm -hmm. uh the, the money the fines they have to pay won't really matter what do you think steve the city of san francisco shook down <laughs> shook them down and got the money you know yeah. it looks like the city had they, they installed the pro act or whatever it was to classify AB5. workers. Yeah. And then it was, the law was overturned in in November by the voters. So the city is collecting for the time before the law went into effect that the voters didn't want. Yeah. I think I, I I mean I'm no lawyer obviously, but I think that DoorDash could have told San Francisco to kick rocks on this, but like it says in here that this is just they a settled, settlement. They settled. They settled. Yeah. The lawyers it's, settled because of five point three million. Yeah, they always that's settle. Like, that's what yeah, they make like yeah. in a few hours, I'm sure. So it's it's I think it's just easier for them to settle instead of trying to duke it out. And I'll be we're everybody's curious to see how this prop twenty two legal battle is gonna you know, unfold. I mean, it did get, you know, overturned back in August, but it's, I'm sure it's going to be appeal, appeal, appeal until they get to like the ninth circuit or they might even take it to the Supreme court. We'll see. So, Hey, Steve from right chair rodeo is here. Plus a lot of these companies, they, they settle because they don't want the, um, the other party to go through their records and, you know, possibly find something even worse. Yeah. I'll, I'll be curious to see if Steve talks about this on his show uh, next week. By the way, if you got, Steve has any insight, just leave a comment and I'll, I'll post on the screen. So anyway, yeah, that, that was, it's funny. That was our lead story. It's not even really that juicy. <laughs> Let's move on to something a little more interesting. I don't usually cover international news on the show, but I thought this was uh, pretty substantial. So Uber on the brink of pausing operations in Brussels after court ruling Brussels is the capital of Belgium. So Uber has been ordered to stop offering its main ride hailing service in the Belgian capital of Brussels from Friday evening. Um, oops, sorry, Steve. Meant to go here. <laughs> the Bra the Brussels. I keep wanting to say Brazil. The Brussels appeal court ruled on Wednesday the 2015 ban on private individuals offering taxi services also applies to professional drivers. From this Friday, you won't be able to get an Uber ride in the EU capital. Uber wrote on Twitter Wednesday, "We're disappointed with the court's decision to close our Brussels app." Uber said the decision goes against the European Commission's digital and green ambitions. The European Commission is the executive arm of the European Union. 
Uber has been fighting legal battles across Europe about how it employs drivers and complies with taxi regulations. It says drivers like the flexibility of being self-employed, but some drivers say they struggle to earn enough money through the app while also missing out on employee benefits like sick pay and annual leave. Um, so they've got a petition to save the 2,000 professional drivers who use Uber in the city. And Nicholas Osberg, co-founder and CEO of Food Delivery App Delivery Hero, also criticized the decision. And uh, yeah, it, that's that's pretty much it. This is this is interesting though because um, this is the first time that like a court has said, and it's in Europe, not in the United States, like that they have to treat Uber drivers like employees. And Uber is capitulating with it, you know, like they don't really have a choice. Although I think that they should, I think they, I think it'd be hilarious if they just said, you know, we're still going to run the app. Just keep, keep, do, keep Uber driving in Brussels. See what happens. I'd be, I'd be curious to see what happens with that. What well, do you guys think? If, if, uh, if you wanted to know why, why England voted to Brexit, this is it right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says in the story that the, that, that this is in violation of the European Commission's green regulations. Yep. And so somebody sitting in a country in the EU, in Cyprus, France, Ireland, they're all they all have to comply with these regulations that are written by some bureaucrats that they never elected. So that's why that's why they left the EU. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's over stuff like this. The EU coming in and telling him, oh, you know, in England, it was the fishermen who got all mad at, at the EU because they were telling him how to how many fish to catch in a day and, and such. And so, yeah, this is the same thing. It looks like to me. What do you think, John? Should uh, Uber just tell Brussels to kick rocks or? <laughs> yeah, I think I think they will. Um, you know, it's funny because. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not too familiar with the European market, but this sounds very similar to what happened in California last year, um, where, you know, California basically told Uber, Lyft and DoorDash and everyone else, you know, every, you know, drivers need to become employees and Uber and Lyft threatened to saying, Hey, we're going to pull out. And, um, I thought this is interesting in Europe that, um, you know, they, they kind of want it's, it's the opposite. They kind of want to push, push, to see how far they go, they can go. And, uh, I know I'm interested to see how far they can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's it just like the last story. It's time will tell. And I'll be curious to see if like uh, like yeah. I mean, Steve made a great point, and they said it right in here. Uber said the decision goes against the European Commission's digital and green ambition, which you would think it'd be the other way around. The European Commission is the executive arm of the European Union, so I don't know how you know what that's the what, that's what process that's, that, that's what they're going. They're like, who are these people? Who yeah. are you? I'm in now. This is in Brussels, but. It's still an EU rule, so they're just pointing at Brussels. It could be Paris or w- mm-hmm. what other city in the e- in the EU that is out of compliance. Yeah, uh, I. It's funny. I I I've been overseas when I was in the Navy, and I've been wanting to go back. So I've been there in like twenty years, but ever since COVID and all these crazy passport, you know requirements and even coming back is you want to like take a test at the airport and um you know quarantine or something if you by some miracle test positive dc gig worker just gave me 499s thanks man 
I was in Belgium last September. Apparently, the Uber drivers with the Flemish taxi license can still work. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess there are taxis instead. They're they're in the union. Yeah. I was gonna say, do you think this has more to do with political or like the fact that uh, Brussels can't really monetize or you know they they're not getting their share you know from Uber? I think yeah, I think it's totally possible. I just. I just don't know if, enough about uh, you know Belgian uh, politics. Same. Uh, what else did they say? In Brussels, it's mostly Frank- francophone city, so I wonder how those Dutch-speaking drivers work with the general population without conversing English. I don't know. Translate. Same way here. The drivers speak any. They could speak any language. Mm-hmm. You could get anyone. As long as there's money involved, they'll, they'll speak yeah. the right language. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I love Belgian beer. There's and I love. Have you ever been to like a Belgian beer restaurant or beer bar? It's great. They like the bel the Belgians invented the French fries. You what know, about the waffle? The Belgian waffles. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they get like all these various dipping sauces. It's so good. Oh, and, and uh, mussels, like uh. Ooh, those are good. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're good, but they have like no calories in them. You like eat like a hundred of them, and like you're still hungry. <laughs> Chad, let's anyway. just put it this way: the closest I've come to Belgium is Blue Moon, and that's not really Belgium. <laughs> I know. I've been to France. I not to Belgium. I've no, I haven't been to France. I flew over it. I guess I've been to Germany. We uh, sailed by England. I've been to Copenhagen, Denmark, Sweden, Iceland, Italy, Malta, the Middle East, obviously. Anyway, we're getting off subject here, so. Let's uh let's keep keeping on here. In this story, it sounds like a rerun, but it's not. It's the Philadelphia Inquirer. Some GoPuff drivers went on a strike for a day to man to demand better pay from the fast-growing delivery app. Uh, waving signs and reciting a poem about twenty-five GoPuff drivers. Really, twenty-five? <laughs> That's all they could get. Uh, rallied outside the company's Philadelphia headquarters on Tuesday to demand better pay and working conditions. Driver get, gathered at the corner of Third and Spring Garden Streets the same day that hundreds of others from across the country were expected to strike for a day. Once you have some, you know, documentation of that or some pictures, the old signs reading "Go puff yourself" and "We're worth more than a three-dollar bag of snacks." No drivers, no go puff. This summer, go puff slash minimum hourly pay rates that it guarantees scheduled drivers called subsidies and recently reduced some bonuses for delivering higher numbers of orders. Drivers who are mostly independent contractors are paid through a combination of commissions, tips, subsidies, and other incentives. GoPuff has previously said it adjusts compensation based on supply and demand. And uh, there's some pictures. Nice homemade sign there. So professional. It's like a lot of people. Yeah. More than 400 drivers from 77 facilities committed to Strike Tuesday, according to Working Washington, a Seattle-based pro-worker group that has organized drivers. The group claimed the labor action disrupted the company's promise of fast deliveries in some markets, but GoPuff said its delivery times were normal for a Tuesday. Um, there isn't a lot to break down here. This is probably like our third or fourth story on a GoPuff strike since we, I started doing this show. And probably, yeah, like our, or not just a GoPuff strike, like any strike, but... What does that say? Like there was an Instacart strike, which I I guess is supposed to still be going on like a month ago or two months ago. And then like there was a DoorDash strike. There was an Uber strike in the summer. But it's like they're always for like one day and then everybody just goes back to work the next day. I don't I don't get this. You're going to strike. You strike until your demands are met. You don't just say 
I'm, we're all playing hooky for a day. Like that's not going to do anything. Am this, I wrong? It says right there, this was organized by work in Washington. It's mm -hmm. the same people in Washington who use the internet to drum up a strike. 40 people show up. Yeah, they're, uh, it's they're the usual, these, it's the usual yeah, suspects. It's the progressive <laughs> NGOs. Like another one is like gig workers collective and gig workers rising, you know, all these very left, uh, NGO groups like they're not really lobbies are not really, you know, I don't know how official or unofficially organized or incorporated they are, but um, still, I would love to talk to one of these people just be like, what? I, I don't get it. Like, why? What is the point of striking did, for a day? Did, about a month ago, Chad, you uh, forwarded me the name of that, that that guy who was writing a story for Fast Company. Do oh, you yeah. remember this? Yeah, yeah. And he called. We talked on the phone for about an hour, um, and he was writing about the internet, the uh, the Instacart strike. Excuse me, the Instacart strike. And it's the same thing. the The people writing these stories just sort of take the press releases from Working Washington and the organizers and. They, they don't really get the other perspective. You know, they don't really talk to the workers or the shop, you know, the shoppers, the gig workers and everyone. Well, wonders only why the only ones 40 that people... agree with the, the complaints, though. Yeah, which is point zero zero five percent of <laughs> the shoppers. There's always there's always going to be someone mad at the yep. boss. Any job. Someone will always be mad at the man. Mm -hmm. John, do you guys have GoPuff out there? You know what? I don't think we do. I've never seen it. Um, but what I was going to ask Arn. Uh, uh, it's it's basically like uh, the Amazon Flex version of like snacks. Thanks. Where you go to a warehouse, pick it up. But aren't uh, GoPuff drivers W two and not ten ninety nine? No, they're they're independent contractors, but it's okay. it's it's a very fine line. Like yeah, it kind of works like Amazon Flex, where you have a scheduled shift. And you go to the warehouse, and I've never done a GoPuff shift. I'm I'm actually on with the app, but I've never the the closest warehouse is like an hour away from me, so it's not really worth it. And let's see if you can. Yep, see where it says Go Drive right there. Yep, that's the GoPuff. Might as well just uninstall it. Yeah. <laughs> one of the I mean I always I keep it on there because I'm like one of these days I'm gonna go down there and do it for like a week or a few days just to make a video out of it, you know. And I just never get around to it. But um, yeah, so GoPuff, it's weird because like it's I mean, it's kind of like DoorDash, Uber Eats stuff, stuff and even Instacart for that, because like you can order like grocery stuff or actually I think it's like all it's all like convenience foods type stuff and like cigarettes and vapes and, you know, like a lot of vices, you know, and but it, yeah, so like it, it kind of works like Amazon Flex where you have to go to a warehouse and you have a scheduled shift. And you have to be there. And you can't decline any orders. Like they just give you a route and you go deliver them and maybe you'll get tipped because you get like an hourly pay, pay plus plus tips. Like I don't know if you've ever done Whole Foods deliveries or Prime Now deliveries with Amazon Flex, which I have. And I usually make $30, $35 an hour after tips. But um, yeah, mm. like I've a lot of drivers complain about it because like they can't decline any orders. Like if their route is going way out in the middle of nowhere. And it's like when you finish your route, 
you have to go all the way back to the warehouse and start all over until your shift runs out, you know? So I don't know. If, and also we heard, we had a story on here a few weeks ago, maybe it was like a month ago where GoPuff, like they had so much more stock than they had room for. They were like literally mm. throwing stuff out. Did you see that story? No, no. I heard you guys talk about it. Yeah. Hannibal and I you talked and about it. Yeah. Like a month ago or whatever it was. And uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. Hannibal and I, our theory is basically that this company, they're trying to like, you know, accelerate as fast as possible in hopes of being bought out. You know, they're not, they're not in it for the long game. Well, I mean, it's been around for, I forget what they say, like five or six years, but um, they yeah. sounds like Grubhub on, <laughs> on paper. <laughs> but again, my, my question would be, what does a one day strike accomplish? Actually, you know, I, I did a, um, I did a, um, a poll on my my youtube channel hey leo <laughs> special <laughs> so said, guest if you drive for gopuff will you participate in the strike starting today and i got exactly 100 votes so six people said yes but only for today two people said yes until the demands are met 15 people said no and the other 77 people said i wasn't even aware there was a strike plan so i mean what does that tell you well, then remove the fourth, <laughs> remove the fourth choice and look at the first three as your answers. Yeah. Because uh, the, no. the, uh, the, the, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You should have added another option saying, I don't know what GoPuff is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's for people to leave in the comments. I, I thought GoPuff was nationwide. I guess they're mostly East Coast at this point. Yeah, they're regional. I, I don't even know anyone who uses it as a customer. I don't think I could because it's so far, like the warehouses are so far away. Well, and I don't get the point if, either. If, if it's vapes and cigarettes, it sounds like they're going for the younger crowd. Yeah, so. mostly college crowds, I think. <clears throat> the college crowds. Speaking Big of tips. speaking of which, that kind of leads us into our next story of of Puffin. Uber Eats partners with Tokyo Smoke to offer cannabis orders. Now this is not in the U.S. This is in Canada. Uber Eats is adding some greenery to the menu. The online food ordering service announced money that is partnering with cannabis retailer Tokyo Smoke to offer online pot orders in Ontario, Canada. Uber Eats will start listing Tokyo Smoke's products under a new section called Cannabis on its marketplace on Monday. Though customers won't be able to order pot for delivery. Customers can mm -hmm. place orders from the Uber Eats app and then must pick up the product at a Tokyo Smoke store. And that's pretty much the gist of it. There isn't much else to say. I mean... Uh -huh. It's, I mean, this is in Canada, not the United States. And I also thought this is kind of weird is that, like, since you can't get it delivered, it, like, you're just using the Uber Eats app as a middleman. Like, why doesn't this Tokyo Smoke Company have, like, their own website or their own app where you can place an order and then go to the dispensary and pick it up? But I mean, the, it's, the laws it's cool. may be the laws may be different in Canada. I noticed there's one in Windsor. I'm sure they are. <laughs> There, there's apparently a, a Tokyo Smokes in Windsor, Ontario. So if you live in Detroit, you can go over and day trip over to Windsor and say hi. Yeah, they, they made a point of saying that in this article. Mm -hmm. You guys have legal weed in California, right? Yeah, it's legal now. I was going to say that, um, you know, the whole thing with the middleman is that... Um, a lot of people who or a lot of companies that are um, in uh, the cannabis industry, they don't want to really do retail. They want to do wholesale or they want to distribute. So maybe the Tokyo Smoke made a deal where um, 
you know the the Uber E or Uber is a is a consumer facing platform and um and they'll kind of like you know I guess like make um divvy up the the weed in different you know smaller packages but um yeah maybe Tokyo Smoke doesn't really want to deal with people they just want to wholesale and distribute. That's yeah. a good that's a good theory. Yeah, they don't want to be a head shop. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just gonna let Uber deal with all that. Yeah, if all you have to do is just, I mean, every single store now since COVID is doing curbside pickup now, where it's just you just park in a spot, touch something on your phone, and say I'm here, and then they bring it out to you. Like everything from like, yeah, I was gonna say supermarkets, McDonald's, you know, fast food stores, Dick Sporting Goods, Best Buy. If you order a TV, like an 80 inch TV, they'll bring it out to your car. By the way, I had a I had my first ever Best Buy on DoorDash yesterday. It was for um, it's funny it was for well not a mic like this, but it was for a USB mic. And um, the the kid was not paying attention to his phone. He lived in a gated community, didn't have the gate code of the notes. I had to sit out there and wait for, wait for somebody to go in and tailgate him. And like I get to his door and I'm knocking and he's not answering, so I had to call him because like it's one it's such an expensive item. You can't just leave it at the door. It's like they actually have to in their Instacart app. Mm-hmm. They actually have to sign their screen or mm-hmm. like you can card them and scan their license. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Shipped does Best Buy as well. And mm-hmm. that's a holiday thing. Last week, there were tons of Best Buy <laughs> batches and, and orders for, you know, for Black Friday, I guess. They're, they're really rare around here. I've been getting a bunch of uh, Apple stores on Uber Eats lately. Really? On Uber Eats? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's super weird. I imagine you can't eat anything they sell at the Apple store. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm is ironic because it's called the Apple store. I'm guessing um, it's uh, they're from Postmates. They're Postmates orders because you know how Postmates orders uh, come on Uber now? I mm-hmm. think that's what it is because you used to be able to go to the Apple store on Postmates. Oh, really? That's, yeah. yeah. That must Best be a Buy. West Coast thing. DC gig. We yeah. could do Apple. Uh, Uber Eats delivers Apple Store in Dallas. There we go. Yeah, they'll send yep. you to the store at North Park Mall. <laughs> All right, we got to take a, a quick break. We got to plug our sponsor, Middleton Technologies. Uh, two in one here. You know, Maximo and Drivers Utility Helper. Um, as always, I like to run the ad for Drivers Utility Helper. And we will be right back in 30 seconds. Are you a DoorDash delivery driver? Would you like to be safer and less stressed while driving and earn more at the same time? The Driver's Utility Helper app allows you to do just that. Create custom filters and its automated system does the work for you, automatically declining unwanted low-paying requests and accepting more profitable requests so you can focus on driving. Visit acceptordecline.com to get started today. I should edit that video instead of go to accept or decline, go to my uh, Gary Middleton. He made a custom URL for me, like my referral code or my affiliate link or whatever. So, yeah, if you get, if you sign up with Maximo or Jarvis Utility Helper or both um, through my link, I'm going to get a little cut. So, Yay. Shout out to Gary. Yeah. I, by the way, I got this. Um, this is CBD for pets. What the hell? <laughs> it's um, 
you're supposed to rub it on their nose or on like their their paws and like they'll lick it or whatever. It smells like it's made with like chamomile, rosemary, sunflower oil, carrot seed, mango butter, beeswax. Um, Sounds it does have like a weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it smells. It's very like spicy or savory. For the and cat, if I hold it up to. That, that's if I hold it up to Leo, yeah, he 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 repels. Mm-hmm. So this is my Leo repellent now. I'm like, here, dude. He's saying, get that stuff out of my face. Yeah, I don't know if it actually did. They it actually ever, works. Do you think they product tested that product with cats? I don't mm-hmm. think cats would probably like, not. The cat cats wouldn't like chamomile or mango. Mm-hmm. I don't think a cat would ever like the mango. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I am becoming an affiliate of Infinite CBD. That's the company that makes this. Nice. And um, I just ordered because they had a Black Friday sale. Uh, they had 40% off. In fact, it's still going on, I think, until tomorrow. If anybody wants uh, the link, let me know. Like, here's another uh, product. This is uh, meteorites, um, really right. five milligrams, but they're, they, they're called energy gummies. Like, they have caffeine in them. And I'll usually take, like, two of these in the morning before my wor- morning workout. And uh, this is... Uh, uh, caffeinated gum that this company sent me, which they sent me this a while ago because they want me to do a review of it. I, I don't know why, but um, some hopefully sometime this week I'm going to do a review of this uh, caffeinated mm. gum. Are you guys big coffee, energy drink, caffeine uh, aficionados? <laughs> coffee every day. Big coffee drinker. Yeah, I'm an energy drink an energy drinker myself. I've been trying to cut it back lately, though. Too much caffeine. Yeah, when I was sick, you know, last month, I went a long time without any caffeine, and I was sleeping great. And actually, I stopped drinking coffee because um, it, it just, I don't know what it is about my teeth, but it, like, turns my teeth all yellow. <laughs> I have a dentist appointment on Tuesday or Wednesday. I just, like, I'm looking forward to it. I actually look forward to going to the dentist now because, like, I know when I come out, I'm going to have, like, you know, some pretty shiny teeth. That's that's pretty. <laughs> Everybody listening on the audio podcast is like, he's talking about this visual stuff. I can't, we can't tell. Anyway, let's get back to the That's why you can news. watch the YouTube stream. Yeah. <laughs> well, not everybody, they don't still have this patience to sit there. They just want to listen to it while they're driving around. And if you're like me, you listen to your podcast at two, two X speed or even three X speed, you know, especially those Joe Rogan shows that go four or five hours. <laughs> so anyway, let's get back to the news. This one's kind of a bummer. Um, in fact, this is kind of local to me. It's the Tampa Bay Times. Uber Eats driver was on phone when she hit, killed UT. That's University of Tampa. Um, so uh, a distracted Uber Eats driver slammed into a motorcycle at the University of Tampa campus in March, killing a 19-year-old student who was riding in the back and injuring her brother, the driver, according to a lawsuit. The family of Emery, Emily Grace Walker is seeking monetary damages in the wrongful death lawsuit. Uh, named as defendants are Uber, uh, it's management subsidiary Portier LLC. I've never heard of that until now. And the driver, Michaelia Marie Lentz of Tampa. Lentz was on her phone making a delivery lawsuit, said when she hit the motorcycle at 6.45 p.m. on March 7th at the south entrance to the university's downtown campus. Walker died at the scene. Her brother, Christopher, received permanent injuries. Tampa police cited Lentz for a failure to yield while making a left turn, which carries a $163 fine. The citation was dismissed, however, because a detective with the Tampa Bay Police Department failed to deliver a copy of the circuit, cur- circuit court clerk's office within the required five-day window. 
Lens filed a motion to dismiss the citation July 20th, as soon as it was filed, seven days after it was issued. Uh, it took more than four months to issue the citation. A time lapse common in crashes where there is serious injuries or death. No criminal charges have been filed. Uh, let's see. Lentz was rushed and not fully attended to the road when she turned her green 2017 Honda HRV in in front of the motorcycle, according to the lawsuit. The legal action was filed by attorneys, blah, blah, blah. Uber is negligent in failing to train drivers and encouraging distracted driving, the lawsuit said. The Uber phone app prompts delivery people to communicate with customers while driving. Lawsuit also faults Uber for hiring Lentz, even though she had received two earlier traffic citations for careless driving stemming from a 2014 crash and for speeding 20 miles over the limit in 2009 and uh, Uber has their, you know, lawyer or whatever speaking up for them. This is, this is kind of interesting. It, it's funny. Like the lawsuit said Uber is negligent and failing to train drivers, but that's actually, it's not that they're negligent. It's that they're not allowed to because we're independent contractors, not employees. There's only so much training that they can give us. It's more like the training is like how to use and navigate the app. And then, like, I don't know if you guys do Lyft, but, you know, when I did Lyft back in August, they make you take, like, all this cheesy, you know, um, like, kind of racial sensitivity training, sexual harassment training, stuff like that. It's just all these videos you have to watch. I just put them on mute and let them play. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do you, do you agree with the lawsuit that Uber prompts delivery people to communicate with customers while driving? And that causes distracted drive. I mean, that's true. I mean, you do have to navigate the, the car and do your phone at the same time. But I guess Uber's defense would be, well, you know, there's millions of drivers out on the road every day. And these, these accidents aren't occurring all the time. This is just a freak accident. What do you think? Uh, well, uh-huh. it's that... That story is terrible. You're right. Yeah. It's so sad. Um, unfortunately, uh, I don't think they're going to successfully sue Uber because Uber, because we're not employees of Uber. A driver is like, it's the same. It works. It, it, it's a franchise model. Okay. So right. like if you franchise a McDonald's, and the 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 man the owners at that McDonald's fires someone against the law in some obvious way for whatever reason the the terminated employee cannot sue McDonald's incorporated the only person they can sue is the franchisee so that would be the same here uh to the 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 plaintiff would is only going to be able to sue the driver and that's bad because it says in the story that mm-hmm. the Tampa Police Department screwed up a bunch of things. And yeah. so the, on, on those, you know, due process issues. What do you so think, that, uh, I mean, that's, it- that's really, that's just sad, you know, you We've seen like so many does, Uber does Florida lawsuits. Have, does, Flor- does Florida have a motorcycle helmet law? No, you don't have to wear you don't have to wear a helmet in Florida unless okay. you're in I Texas. The, the driver doesn't have to, but like if a passenger is like if you know somebody behind them or in a sidecar or whatever, they have she to. She hit. She hit allegedly hit two people on a motorcycle. Um, 
you know, my stepbrother died on a motorcycle. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. A lot of the really, um, a lot of motorcycle fatalities have to do with they live. You're not wearing one at all, and you get hit really bad. Yeah. So that wouldn't affect the lawsuit either. I was just wondering if they were wearing a helmet or not. Uh, it didn't say, but anyway, uh, I was going to say, John, do you think this is Uber was just going to settle or you think they'll fight this? I don't know. It depends on whether or not they want to set a precedent. Um, you know, Uber is, is in this comfortable, cozy little position that, you know, whatever happens to them, it's like they're invincible. Like, oh, we're just a technology company. You know, they, they use that excuse to, to um, you know, to get out of these lawsuits. But I think um, regulation or um, a lawsuit or not lawsuits, but the law is going to catch up to them at some point and um, just figure out saying, hey, you drivers are using your app and uh, you're responsible for this uh, because I guess someone could argue saying, hey, you know, this accident happened because they were using your apps. And honestly, I don't think there's enough trainings or, you know, whatever module video modules to get people to drive safer, I think uh, these these gig apps, including Uber, have to make their apps safer. Um, I don't know how they would do it, but maybe there's like a um, a feature in the app where if it detects the car moving, um, they they uh, you can't message the customer. Um, but then if you're a passenger and not the driver, then you know obviously will conflict with that. So um, I think they're just gonna have to make the app safer. I don't know, like what else they can do at this point. Yeah. I. I'm sure they'll settle this, you know, and actually it didn't even say what uh, they were asking for as far as damages that I saw, but um, yeah, she I, was I have probably a like, a she was a careless driver. Yeah. A distracted driver. And if she's just an Uber driver, she probably doesn't have any money. She doesn't have any insurance. So I, I feel, I have a feel bad for this company or this family. Cause they're probably going to get like a pretty, pretty paltry, um settlement on this one so um, i was in a i was in a car wreck and mm -hmm. uh, like 20 years ago and a lot of my settlement it had to do with what the police did on the scene you know did they ticket the driver who hit you or not because if um you know if you hit someone you get a ticket you, you yeah. will be issued a ticket by a policeman for something. And it says they are failure to yield the right of way or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the ticket was dismissed. And that uh, that that's going to harm. That's going to make it. Yeah. But the, the idiot cop didn't file it with the county clerk. It's they had five days. I don't know what took so long, mm -hmm. but it did say that the police department is appealing that. But who knows what's going to happen with that? I thought that like their their argument that Uber doesn't train drivers. Uber that's gonna that's a rock solid argument for Uber. All they have to do is just say they're independent contractors. We're not even allowed to train them by law, and th then like that's case closed. But that's my. They, they, they can also point to training materials, mm -hmm. right? Well, they don't. Really I mean, have that the contract. Training. No. Oh. Other than like. Just like I said, like the sexual harassment and racial sensitivity training, all that stuff. It's not, they don't really, they just assume you know how to drive. That's, I mean, what, your life, that's what your license proves. Yeah. Do you think, but, do you think, um, instance like this is just, you know, another step forward to drivers becoming employees? Um, I don't think one really has anything to do with the other. I mean, I think this is just a tragic incident and then, uh, you know, the families 
trying to get some money out of it, of course, you know. Well, they're yeah. suing the driver, and so like if she has a, yeah. a if she has a, a a driving policy, if she has an insurance policy with Progressive, mm-hmm. and it's fifty thousand dollars, that's then, all they're going to get. Then that's yeah, yeah, or a hundred. Although I I would bet you this is a driver that doesn't have because you commercial. don't commercial. It's not yeah. commercial insurance. When when you're so driving they, for Uber and Lyft, you don't technically need your own commercial insurance right except for the uh stage because like there's three cycles or three stages with uber and lyft it's like stage one is when you're driving around and you don't have a ride stage two is when you get a ride and you're on the way to pick them up and stage three is when the rider is in the car and you're on your way to the destination uber only covers you for stage three stage one and two is up to you so i mean this happened well actually and that was an uber eats not an uber x or you know a passenger drive so i'm not sure how it would work on with uh uber eats food delivery if steve is still watching um he can probably explain but anyway kind of a sad story but uh, i'll be curious to see if this comes back anyway let's move on because uh actually it's funny we're 45 minutes in the show i thought we'd be halfway done or i thought we'd be done by now but uh this is this is interesting this is something we talked about recently uh, DoorDash investors gobble up European takeout. The food delivery company's investors may have too high of hopes for the Walt opportunity in Europe. So DoorDash shares are up 12% since the company announced it was buying Helsinki-based delivery platform Walt on November 9th. We still know little about the deal other than the $8.1 billion purchase price and the expectation it will close in the first half of 2022. Considering how competitive the European food delivery battlefield is right now, DoorDash will probably keep a strategy mum. Rumors have been circulating all year about DoorDash's intentions to enter the European market. The Volt deal, nearly 20 times as large as DoorDash's second largest acquisition, Caviar, shows just how much of a priority that market is for the company. Further stoking excitement, DoorDash later said it will enter the German market under its own brand. Volt has been called the European DoorDash because it has been has it because it has grown by operating areas overlooked by larger delivery players. DoorDash employed a similar strategy in the U.S. by dominating the somewhat overlooked suburbs, but d- believing its triumph can be easily replicated across different countries, all of which have their own cultures, regulation, and labor policies, seems a stretch. It is unclear how lucrative Volt's markets can be, though. Many, like Estonia, Serbia, Finland, and Denmark, have populations well under 10 million people. DoorDash says Volt had more than $2.5 billion gross order value run rate for this year. As of the th- third quarter for all 23 of its countries combined, for reference, just the takeaway uh, run rate in Germany alone this year was $4.4 billion. This This story goes on. Again, I don't really like to read the entire article. In fact, I'm probably right, right too much. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a 10-hour show. Um, but it, it's it's interesting. And I, I think, and, I, and they make a point of saying somewhere in here that uh, DoorDash is paying a hefty premium nearly 2.3 times Wolt's value following its last private round of funding in January. So like, I don't know. I think DoorDash kind of got hosed on this one or like they have really, really high expectations. I don't know how well I'm again. I don't know enough about Europe or the European market to know if how well this is going to play out, but. Okay. You got to know one thing about Europe. Nobody drives. I mean, (laughs) yeah, they all use bicycles. They, you know, I had friends at UT from England. They never learned how to drive. They did they, much less not having a driver's license. Lots of people in Europe just don't drive. And so they're probably going to make all their money back. I think DoorDash is going to make all their money back and then a lot more. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody drives. So if you live in Vienna, all those people, or it says smaller markets, you know, Estonia, they said those little countries, you know, the, you've got a capital city and they may not even have a subway there. So, <laughs> I mean, the, and, and the people don't drive. So it'll, Do it's mean, a good, they're, they're, they're going to make money off of this. Do you mean subway, an underground train or a subway? Yeah, I meant. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think, John? Do you think don't order a sandwich would, in Europe? This is a what good deal for. Uh, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. I think um, they they made a mistake because uh, well, I don't know if they made a mistake, but it might not live up to their expectations because uh, I have friends in Italy, and um, I think there's a theme all throughout Europe is that they have really good public transportation, unlike here, especially LA. Um, then that's why they don't drive a lot. Um, and also, I don't know, I don't know how big. Um, you know, Europeans are in food delivery. I know it's, you know, it's huge here in the, in the U S um, but you know, Europeans, they walk a lot. They walk to the store, they walk to restaurants and I'll see that's how they stay fit. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if, you know, there's a huge, um, delivery culture in, in Europe and then also, um, in Europe, they, you know, they don't really tip. So I don't know if, um, uh, that discourages drivers from working these apps because I know here in the States, you know, a lot of people work for the tips, but, um, you know, if uh, if Walt over there um, doesn't really pay out, pay pay a good uh, base pay, then you know, not many drivers may be maybe on the platform. So I think um, I don't think it'll live up to the expectations. I wish we had a bigger European audience. I mean, it's like you know the middle of the night there right now. So um, if I have any European viewers, would love to get your opinion because you have be much better insight into this than me. I'm sure Pavle can help us out. <laughs> He's Ooh. from Europe. Pavle East Mushimu. Oh, yeah. He's actually from there? Yeah, he's from Europe. Oh, I thought he was a native Floridian. Nope. <laughs> well, if he came on my show, I could talk to him and ask him about that. So, <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. Our last serious story uh, is from the Boston Herald, Massachusetts auditor. Uber Lyft drivers allowed to operate under much looser standards than state protections mandate. Ator eh, authorities routinely failed to conduct proper oversight, allowing Uber and Lyft drivers to operate under much looser standards than state law mandates and auditors report found. 39-page report by auditor Suzanne Bump's office found that the Transportation Network Company Division of the Department of Public Utilities did not follow its own regulations and its oversight of Uber and Lyft over a two-year period. The report raises questions about checks and balances erected to ensure the health and safety of riders relying on the apps. The division, blah, this is so tedious. So, sorry. Um, state regulations require app-based ride companies to review drivers' criminal and driving history and to conduct a national background check for each contractor at least twice a year, really. Uh, another DPU program monitors criminal records for registered drivers in real time. Bumps report uh, points to issues to the use of background checks in 2017 2018. She found the DPU division performed only one of the seven required quarterly audits of national background record check information that Uber and Lyft maintain. That gap means the office in charge of regulating Uber and Lyft cannot be certain that all the TNC's rideshare drivers are qualified to work for them, auditors wrote. Um, that's pretty much it. It, it. it just cracks me up. This is just the nature of the bureaucratic state, you know, of, you know, one hand not knowing what the other one's doing and also what, you know, is a safe, you know, uh, policy or whatever, you know, it can, it, it's all these 
sororities paradox and things like that of just like, well, you're going one mile over the speed limit. Well, why not two? Why not 10? You know, um, I don't know. I, this kind of makes me laugh, especially in a blue state like Massachusetts, where you like they're really harping on regulation. And then like you come to find out that like even by their own measures, they drop the ball. Um, so so in, it makes me this, laugh. This is what they tried to do in Austin. Um, they tried to regulate them the same way. The city of Austin went after Uber and Lyft in like in 2015 and it was over background checks. That's what they, they try and impose. They try and want to make the companies do these endless background checks and Uber and Lyft don't want to do it. Um, that was resolved in Texas by the state legislature passing a law, making it against making prohibiting cities from doing this kind of stuff. Looks like Massachusetts is still doing the same thing. They, they're trying to make it a licensed profession. Like like being a, a hairdresser, that that's what they're trying to turn the jobs into. I was talking on mute here, but that's fine because I didn't talk over you. Uh, yeah, Massachusetts is basically trying to. It's one of these blue states where they're looking to do their own version of AB five. And but there actually is a ballot proposal very similar to Prop twenty two, uh, that's going to be on the ballot in Massachusetts next year, so twenty twenty two. Um. John, what was your reaction to this story? I mean, I think we're just going to keep, keep hearing stories like this until there's something in writing um, because, you know, nothing nothing is really official or like you said, just a lot of, you know, the, the left the, or the, the left hand doesn't know what the right is doing. Um, until, until it's, you know, it's in writing, we're just going to keep hearing stories like this. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, as someone who, who does gig work in California, um, Los Angeles market, I think Prop 22 is great um, because it still allows you to be an independent contractor, but you still get a guaranteed minimum pay. You, you also get subsidized health care, I think. Um, so there's a lot of really good benefits. And Chad, I know you don't like blue states, but um, <laughs> Prop 22 is great. And I think you would, you would really like it if, Florida, if it came to Florida. Uh, it probably it probably wouldn't come to that unless, you know, uh the house and the governor house went uh, very blue, but we'll, right. we'll see about that. Hey, I, uh, I, have, a, I have a question. Let me, sure. if you live in California, um, if you, if you do Instacart or DoorDash, they subsidize your premiums, your health insurance premiums. Does that conflict with your subsidies for buying health insurance from the marketplace do you know that's a really good question um i think they have a, a partnership through stride because i always get emails from them and also you have to work a certain number of hours to get the uh, they call it a health stipend stride so like, stride sells insurance in texas too they they it's stride this was okay so i'm guessing so i'm guessing they have like some type of partnership where you know it's discounted um for me, I, I I bought a um, health insurance through through the marketplace. Um, I haven't really bought anything, you know, through DoorDash because I don't know how good their health coverage is. Um, but yeah, that's a really good question. I'm not sure. See, you should have a we should have you should have a whole show on this, Chad. <laughs> uh, I, it's, Let's talk it, health insurance. It's enrollment. <laughs> it's enrollment time. And if yourself, if you're a gig worker, you got to do it. I I've still got to look at. I bet you, uh, Harry Campbell. The rideshareguy.com. He probably has something on this, I'm sure. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to take a quick 30-second break, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Luis Berti, and I have a YouTube channel called Delivery TV, a channel where we talk everything that has to do with delivery in Spanish. We try to help the Hispanic community to earn more money and be more professional. Thank you. Yeah, so yeah. check out Delivery TV. Uh, I've had Luis on the show. He's on the show about a month ago, and I interviewed him a few months ago. He's in Houston, Texas. Um, that's like right next door to wherever you are, Steve, right? <laughs> right next door. Yeah. Right around yeah. the corner. Yeah, it's like two time zones over. <laughs> it's, um, a four hour, it's a four-hour drive from Dallas, wow. Houston. Uh, John, I know you're of Mexican descent. Do you speak fluent Spanish? Or... I'm actually Armenian. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I get it all the time, though. I speak fluent Armenian. I speak a little bit of Spanish, enough to understand or have a conversation. Okay. Oh, wow. I was wondering if you watched that channel. I would watch. No, I don't watch it, but um, you know, I'll I'll definitely try. It looks really interesting. I lo I love to see his take on it. Yeah, you know, if you click the subtitles and then just click English, it'll translate from Spanish. But I mean, it's like that you know google ai translate like unless you actually t type up a script and then enter the script into the closed captions or right. you know then like it'll do a one-for-one -one translation um i'll anyway. listen to it in spanish just to just yeah. to pick up all my spanish hmm. all right let's get to the the fun the fun stories so this is from usa today doordash releases top 20 items ordered on thanksgiving Turkey isn't number one. I don't know who would really order turkey through DoorDash anyway, though. Um, you know, I'm just going to get right to the... Cause look look how the, much they bury the lead here. And if you want to see the list, we're just going to go right to it. So I'm just in order. Number one, peach mango pie, two dinner rolls, three sirloin steak, four potato wedges, five roasted turkey, six spaghetti. Never ordered spaghetti through DoorDash. Seven cornbread muffin, eight mac and cheese, nine pesto pasta, 10 fried chicken, 11 bolognese, 12 chocolate truffles, 13 horchata, 14 Brussels sprouts, 15 pumpkin pie, 16 mashed potatoes, 17 fish and chips, 18 turkey potato balls, 19 cinnamon apple pie, 20 stuffing. I believe this is all stuff ordered through like Dash Mart or... Um, like whatever DoorDash is equivalent of, um, you know, like grocery C shopping CBS. is. Yeah. I got, I got to say, so since I moved to Dallas, I moved back here five years ago. Mm -hmm. It is hard to find a good from Austin. <laughs> I lived in uh -huh. Austin. Uh, it is really hard to find a good glass of horchata. So mm -hmm. now I know I need to fire up DoorDash to order horchata. Since it's the thirteenth most item, you most ordered item apparently. By the way, I don't know where sauce. you would order it from, though. Like Mexican a, restaurants, it's a Mexican Michoacana. Is it a, yeah. a hard drink? No, it's a it's a rice it's a rice cinnamon and milk. I think it's a sweet it's drink. It's good. It, it's an aguas fresca. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like it's it's rice milk, rice water, cinnamon milk. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Tons of sugar. Tons of oh, sugar. Yeah. Don't forget that. By the way, the I H is silent. Pasta. I love uh, orchata. 
I love I love uh, sugar, so I'm sure I would like it. I'll have to try the next time I go to. Me I mean, there's Mexican restaurants all over the place here, so I don't know. If yeah, I'm sure you can find it at any Mexican restaurant. Just the basic Mexican drink. Mm -hmm. If I it tastes too watery, then it's not authentic. The top right, twenty so items. So, did anybody deliver a turkey this year? <laughs> not me. I did on Instacart. Somebody wanted a turkey. Actually, I did two. One at Costco and one at Publix. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. not always way, way more than the person wants. So, like, I just want a 12-pound turkey. Like, the lightest one I could find was, like, 15 or 16 pounds. And you brought it? Yeah, they were. Did they ding you? Or that you, you knew funny, they yeah. would take it? Actually, the one guy, this, this is the first time in three years or, well, whenever uh, Instacart changed the, the rating system. I actually have a four star removed for low stock. That was the that was the guy who wow. wanted the turkey. Wow. Okay. And I can't that's I, that's a miracle that it like I, I thought this was just like a rumor or something that like it says hmm. in the app, you know, you're not responsible for low stock. And that's the first time since they did that that I've actually had a low stock uh rating removed. So. Also, can I just say that turkey's overrated? It doesn't taste good. Uh it, it's good. But I mean, I wouldn't eat it all the time. I mean, I like turkey for like deli, you know, sandwiches, you know. I mean, like the actual, like instead of yeah. chicken, you eat turkey. I just can't do it. Also, mm -hmm. and I think the fact that mac and cheese number eight is a travesty, I think it's at least top five. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanksgiving. Especially like with barbecue or, I mean, really anything. Yeah. Well, for, for Christmas, get ready to deliver lots of ham. Christmas trees. <laughs> yeah, we don't do those, but oh, uh, ham, not, yet, not yet. Ham. Wait, wait for wait for the email. Introducing <laughs> Christmas tree deliveries. <laughs> yeah, I saw through Walmart. <laughs> I saw Christmas trees outside Publix today, and I hope nobody ever orders one because I wouldn't be able to fit in my car. Or if if I did, you know, it's gonna leave pine needles all over the place. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing any Christmas tree deliveries. You need somebody with a with a pickup for that, you know. For Instacart, Christmas trees are on the list of not 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 allowable items like okay. cigarettes. <laughs> it's almost as bad as trying to deliver cigarettes. Christmas trees, except a little smaller. <laughs> if we have uh, any ladies watching, but th this might be a uh, pining uh, uh, for poetry. Said it's a Spanish drink from the tiger nut. Ill. Do you mean, I don't know what they mean, but anyway, next story from hypebay.com. You know, this is where you get all my news. Uber Eats is delivering takeout in Gucci bags. Here's how you can get one. In honor of House of Gucci hitting theaters, Uber Eats and London Italian restaurant Zia Lucia have teamed up and swapped paper delivery bags for a Gucci bag for one day only. Those interested in receiving the classic designer bag worth 175 pounds, approximately 1300 US dollars can simply order from any Zia location um, using the Uber Eats app on Friday. Sorry, that was two days ago. For a chance when one of the five surprise and delight delivery uh, recipients will be chosen at randoms. And then uh, plug, plug, plug there. I, I But that's funny. It says they're swapping paper bags for a... I wouldn't want a Gucci bag with freaking McDonald's or pizza in it. Please tell me that they still put the food in the actual McDonald's bag or whatever restaurant bag. Chad, you're crazy. <laughs> you can you can get the bag and sell it for at least a few grand. Give me the Gucci bags. Give get you know oh, get yeah, me yeah. as many as you can. That's what I would do. Yeah, I mean if it, it was a like if you didn't have to pay like if it was a free raffle, 
like you didn't have to pay an entry fee or anything to you know buy tickets or whatever. Yeah, that exactly. That's what I would do. And if I actually got one, yeah, I'd sell it on eBay or whatever. Even if it's like five or ten or twenty bucks to enter, I, th I still think it's worth it because those Gucci bags are you know they're worth a pretty penny. Is anybody gonna, is anybody going to see that movie House of Gucci? Probably not. No. <laughs> I don't understand. I never understand dramas. It's like I got enough problems in my own life. I don't want to go down to the theater and pay twenty bucks to watch fake people have fake. Just problems. do Instacart. It's it's <laughs> Lady Lady Gaga's in the movie. Oh uh, man, that changes everything. <laughs> I, I I watch like maybe one movie a year, if that. Oh, like last thing I saw, she was. I saw her in. She was in a Star Is Born, the Bradley Cooper, oh, and that was the last thing I saw Lady Gaga <laughs> in. I, I don't want to see the House of Gucci. I might. I might go. I might. It seems like she's trying to follow Madonna's footsteps. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we actually have our our only Instacart related thing of the day is a, a viral TikTok. Uh, this is from Daily Dot. I love I love getting uh, the viral TikTok th things from uh, Daily Dot. Literally, why are boomers so mean? Viral TikTok highlights differences between younger and older Instacart customers. TikToker Hillary Wallace struck a nerve with a relatable takedown of rude boomer generation customers of viral TikTok, showing the difference between younger and older Instacart customers. More than 200,000 views and 34,000 likes in 24 hours. Uh, TikTok is based on her experience as an Instacart worker, and it clearly resonates with others in the service industry. Posting from her car, she highlighted the generational divide between older and younger customers. Uh, but anyway, I have that video, which I will play right now. I'm going to show you the difference between delivering Instacart groceries to older people and then to younger people. Hello? Hi, I have your Instacart order. Oh, right. Here you go. Really sucks that they didn't have that one thing that I wanted. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. They're actually out of that brand all the time, but I'm glad I was able to get your replacement that you selected. Yeah. Did you actually look for it? Yeah, um, that's why I sent you the picture with the little tag for the item and then the empty shelf. Yeah. It just really sucks that they didn't have it. Yeah, okay, you have a nice day. Hi, thank you so much for picking up my groceries. Would you like a hand with the bag? That'd be great, thanks. Oh, also, I just wanted to apologize if my house is really hard to find. Are you apologizing for where your house is? Yeah, it's just super annoying to find, and I always feel so terrible. So, you know what? Here's an extra little bit for a tip, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much again. <laughs> um, the girl's cute. It's a funny video, but this is not my experience at all. I actually left a comment mm. on the video saying that. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it must be your wherever you live. That's how it is. But it's, Did you get any hate like mail? Here. <laughs> uh, I don't I, I don't know. I post and ghosts on TikTok, you know. I don't <laughs> Is that Steve, you do Instacart. Do you find that to be true? Like that boomers are stodgy and cheap and young people are nice and philanthropic or <laughs> she has communication problems. You have to if you work in retail, you can tell that if if you if you work in retail, I, I I worked in Radio Shack back in the day, and there are there are customer there are problem upset customers. You, you get all the emotions, and you have to communicate to each one of them. And I think a lot of younger people don't understand that because mm -hmm. 
I mean, looking at her video, I, uh, you just have to, you have to communicate, you know, it's going to be talking to a, a 75 year old lady grandma in a nursing home is different from talking to a college student or a mom with three kids, a baby and a barking dog. It's all different. So John, I know you I thought, I thought that I, I thought that was a mean TikTok, but yeah. I don't have a sense. My sense of humor is like a boomer's, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're a boomer at heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, I know you don't do Instacart, but I mean, do you find that like there's a noticeable generation gap between like boomers and millennials, like as your customers? Because I don't know, I. I I don't find like the only thing that I notice is like maybe younger people would be more apt to respond to you in the app and like they'll send emojis and stuff. But otherwise, I don't know there's anything like really noticeable. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I agree with Steve. I come from a retail background as well. Most of it um, just working for, for Best Buy and different electronic brands. But um, yeah, I mean, it's called de-escalating the situation. You got to sympathize with the customer and then just kind of, you know. Uh, tell them what happened. But uh, in my experience with DoorDash, Grubhub, and Uber Eats, it's actually the other way around. Um, I find that older people, uh, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be like 80s or whatever, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, they're actually better tippers. They're actually more appreciative of, of my efforts than someone my age, you know, in their 30s or even 20s, because I feel like, um, you know, our parents or even older, they come from a you know, generation of tipping and, um, you know, being, being, you know, appreciating someone that's providing a service for them. Uh, you know, obviously you're gonna have you're gonna have your bad apples, you know, regardless of the age. But um, but yeah, I, I I disagree with her. If anything, I feel like my generation, you know, 20s and 30s, um, they're actually less appreciative and a little bit more rude because, uh, you know, to them, you know, delivering is just part of their life. I, I feel like they have more of a sense of entitlement. And honestly, most of my shitty tips come from younger people. <laughs> so we're all in agreement that this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. Well, or it's just her. You know, it was. <laughs> it's her anybody, perspective. You know what? Let off some steam. Yeah. Okay? Let off some steam. Have fun with it. It was fun. Sure. Mm -hmm. Our last story is legit funny. I Well, I'll show you the video. So, from thepewterplank.com, Bucks, rookie stars, and hilarious advertisement. It's hard to make a name for yourself in the NFL as a rookie, even if you played for a powerhouse like the Buccaneers. If you're a rookie that goes late in, on the draft, on the third day, the opportunities are even fewer. Bucks rookie and special team standout Grant Stewart knows this well as Mr. Irrelevant in the draft and mostly doing the less than glamorous work during the game. It's hard to see many fans standing and cheering when he takes the field rather than the likes of Tom Brady or Mike Evans. Still players like Stewart have a place on every roster in the league and Stewart is also proven to hit blah, blah, blah. And a bit capitalized on his status as the last pick in the draft. Stewart took the chance to star in Uber Eats commercial that will have a lot more people discussing his play from now on. So I actually, I got that commercial. It's only like 15 seconds. But it's pretty funny. Tonight, I'll be eating ribs with a side of pickles. Appreciate you. If you don't recognize me, it's because I'm Mr. Irrelevant. But I'm going to put in the work every single day so soon everybody will know the name of the legendary Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. That was a good, you know, play on like t being Mr. Irrelevant where they cut him off at the end there. That dude has wicked hair like Troy Palomalo or something, though. Right. I wish uh, I could have his hair. Oh, uh, me too. I mean, look at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you Did find anyone... that commercial legitimately funny? I thought it was funny. Yeah, that's funny. Did anyone notice the number on the jersey? 
No. Yeah, it was like three light. It was three digits. So I wonder <laughs> if like uh, you know that's you know it's an Easter egg or if it means something of significance. It probably is an Easter egg. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, is he pick number two hundred fifty nine overall? That's probably it. Maybe it could be. Uh, maybe because because uh, it go it ties in with you know his whole attitude about being an underdog. They can probably they're probably going to sell NFTs at that number. <laughs> probably <laughs> with the way that this is all going, that's going to be your collectible for football. Uh-huh. Um. All right, so before we wrap up the show here, I wanted to have a little uh, discussion because uh, you guys work in doing gig work like me. And so I told this story on, uh, if you saw my ride-along vlog for th- uh, Thanksgiving Eve and then again when I was uh, doing my interview with Side Gig Life, um, I-, I showed in those that th- those videos. If you didn't, I'm just going to recap it right now. So um, Thursday morning, or sorry, Wednesday morning, I got a triple for Publix and the customer, I get to the customer. He's at like a fairly new, looks like a brand new apartment complex. It's on the first floor. He wanted um, like a case of bottled water, mostly just regular stuff. It was a fairly small order. And I always text the customers uh, when I'm on my way and I say, I'll, uh, I say, I'll, I'm happy to help you carry the stuff in if you want. Although the different apps have different stipulations about whether we're supposed to enter somebody's house or not. But I don't mind. I used to go in customers' house all the time before COVID because you would used to get a cash tip that way, especially like for old people. If you have heavy bags and you're putting it right on the kitchen counter, then they don't have to lift it up, you know, or even just put it on the floor, you know. Um, so I get there. Um, the dude is like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe him other than invalid, which I don't even know if that's a politically correct term. It's like somebody who like can't take care of themselves. Like I, I open the door because like I knock on the door, I hear him yell, come in. So I open the door and as soon as I open the door, it just reeks of piss. Like his whole house just smells like, it smells like an outhouse, like, or like a, a porta potty. If you've ever been to like a beer fest or a rock concert or even like on the side of the road, you know, that just that nasty, nasty smell where it actually kind of burns your nostrils and stuff. That's the way this dude's apartment smells. And He's not even like in the main room when I when I walk in. He's in his bedroom, but which is like pretty much like I open the door and like the the bedroom is like right across from the door there, so it's not that far. He says, "Hey, come in here, come in here." He's like he's in a wheelchair and next to his bed and he's watching TV and there's just garbage all over the bed, like toilet paper rolls, just random bag. I, I was I didn't really pay that much attention to the details, but it was just it was like garbage and just random scattered stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. I really want to get out. He's like, hey, put all the stuff on my lap, except for like the bottle of water, obviously. He's like, just put the water on the chair there. And he had like, bought like hot food and, and like cereal and, you know, pretty normal stuff, you know. I'm like, you want me to put it on your lap? All right. And I'm like, I'm trying to get out of there. And I make two trips because, uh, I mean, even though it was just from the door to his bedroom, which is only, you know, five foot walk, I said, hey, I got to get the, the paper towels. He, he ordered one of those big, huge, you know, 80 packs of paper towels. Um, I'm like, where do you want me to put this? He's like, I'll just put it on the counter in the kitchen. And then I'm like, okay, I'm trying to get out of there. I'm like, hey, thanks. Have a good day. And he's like, wait, can you, like, he has this little bottle of Coke. It's like eight ounces or something. He's like, hey, can you grab me one of these out of the fridge and a bottle of seltzer out of there? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> you want me to wipe your ass too, dude? Like, I'm not your freaking 
maid or butler or anything. This is going way beyond the scope of my duty as an Instacart shopper. Like I'm really, I'm not even supposed to cross the threshold. It's enough to just leave it at the door there. And, but you know, that's the, and that's the thing with being an Instacart shopper is that we are working for not just tips, but those five-star ratings too, because the Instacart, the way that the batch algorithm works is that you have to be a five-star uh, shopper to even like see good batches. Although a lot of it is also on your cancellation rate, your shopping speed and the, your proximity to the store, but that's a subject for another sermon. So like, I'm like pretty annoyed about that this, cause like this dude, he's not like grateful at all. He's like, he's like gruff. I wouldn't call him like go as far as to say he's just like outright asshole or a dick or whatever. He's just not like appreciate. He's not saying, look, he's not saying please. He's saying, Hey, can you grab me one of these from the fridge? At least he's posing it as in question and saying, instead of saying, Hey, get me one of these from the fridge. And I, I do, I'm like, okay. Cause like, again, the fridge is like right there. I'm like, okay. And I grab one and I grab a seltzer and I hand it to him. And I'm just like, I'm like, okay, have a good day. You know, see you later. Bye. And cause I, I thought he was going to ask me to do some other chore for him, you know, like, here, can you take this trash out when you leave? <laughs> so, um, I wanted to pose this as a question. I mean, this would be great if we had like a bigger panel. I don't know how many people are still watching, but if you're an Instacart ship corner shop shopper, or even Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, you're at some point you're going to run, especially I think more if you're doing grocery delivery than food delivery um, is that you're going to run into these types of handicap invalids and just plain weirdos. You're definitely going to run into like, like weirdos at some point or another that ask you to do like either maybe not like an, you know, a task that's like unreasonable, but just odd, or that makes you uncomfortable. Like I could have called Instacart and, you know, and said, Hey, you know, and told them what I just told you and say, make sure you never pair me with that customer again. But I didn't, you know, the dude, he actually did tip pretty well, even though, you know, it, I, it was just, you know, a uh, two, three, four minutes of uncomfortableness. But I mean, that's just me. I know like, especially a lot of, sorry to get sexist here, but a lot of women would probably hightail it out of there or somebody who is, you know, young and skittish or, you know, somebody who's just like, nope, you know, like some Karen, like, no, we're not supposed to cross this threshold. I'm leaving it right here. But it's like, I'm, yeah, you can do that. But this dude's probably going to one star you. And also this dude is such an invalid that, you know, how's he going to get his stuff from, from the door to inside of the apartment? I don't get it. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys now. Have you ever had a situation, something like that? And, or just what's your take on what is our obligation as drivers, as you know, we're working for tips, working for high ratings. And then when we run into handicapped people and just plain weirdos. Okay. Um, okay. Chad, first of all, the word you want, you're looking for here is disabled. They're disabled. Uh, especially since he's in a wheelchair, he's disabled, he's on disability, he gets social security every month. Um, you noticed, noticed he's in the first floor, the apartment, those apartments had to accommodate him as a, someone with a disability by putting him on the first floor the that that's how that works um you know this you did i i would have done everything you did okay 
um, I would have brought him, you know, fought, you know, gone in there, asked him, you know, where do you want this? I want it on my lap. That's great. Put it there. And if he asks to bring you a Coke out of the fridge, fine, fine. Um, you know, that's kind of part of this job. Uh, we had that other news story about that we didn't we didn't talk about this, but about a blind lady and how she calls Lyft and the drivers see her out there with her seeing eye dog and they drive on because they don't want to have anything to do with the dog in their car. Uh, we deal with dis people with disabilities. You know, we're supposed to do that, but, you know, we're supposed to make accommodations. Um, and it's not even. A, and the thing is, the way the law is, it's not up to the. Uh, the company like Instacart, it's really it's it's up to the delivery person. So, but but the delivery person, we're we're obligated to do that. And I learned when I first started this that oh, if you do this job, you will learn there's a lot of people out there who have trouble getting out of their house, and life is hard, and they're calling us. And it's we're how they get everything. And so hold your nose but and and do it. What would what would be crossing the line for you though? What would be a request if he had if he had like asked that? if he had asked for a second thing, I would I would so um you know I've I've had deliveries like these in, in Dallas. Uh, the, the we, we had a guy called the Avocado Man. I won't <laughs> go into it. It's too much of a horror story. But you know, um, you just got to be you got to be accommodating and nice. You know, and, and nice. He tipped you. Uh, so and those people are on a fixed income. So that means a lot. That that's that's all you're gonna get. That that tip. And and that that was probably a lot for him, so uh, just but just stay in control. You know, if if he asks for a second another thing, you could then say I can't do that and be polite about it. You know, I just like if you were walk if someone was panhandling you on the street. Mm. You know, I learned a long time ago to say I'm sorry, I can't help you. You know, yeah. usually, and don't be a jerk about it and communicate. Anyway, that's that's what I that's those are my thoughts. But anyway, the word you want is disabled. Well, I mean, they, they have a disability. It's dis so he's disabled. He's disabled. I mean, you can be disabled and still be, you know, mobile, I guess, or you know, cognizant. I mean, well, the dude is definitely cognizant, but I mean, there's different types of disabilities, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's tons well, of different types, but yeah, I know I say invalid because that's like some like somebody who literally can't take care of himself. Like he needs a live-in nurse, or he should be in a home, you know. Yeah. And I actually, I remember one of my early that days, is his, that is his home. Yeah, I remember one of my <laughs> I mean, early. And it, it, well, it's a really nice apartment complex, but you know, the rent's probably a thousand, twelve hundred dollars a month there, maybe fifteen hundred. Um, you know, it's nicer than where I live. <laughs> um, um, actually, this complex, I would consider moving there myself, but. Anyway, um, I was going to say, what about like hoarders? You ever delivered to a hoarder? Because I have like where like they have like just stacks of newspaper and garbage. What, all was over he, the place. How old was this guy? Probably in his late 60s, early 70s. OK, so definitely a boomer. 
he well <laughs> 70 um i've delivered to some elderly people mm-hmm. in not good assisted living places and it stinks in there yeah they don't know they don't know because they are in there and they don't you know you know these are people who probably haven't taken a bath (laughs) and they're just and 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 it it, it's really bad i i've i've had some some of those too with assisted living so yeah he's 70 and probably no kids and yeah um john we've been talking for a while have you ever had a situation like this like delivering to you know somebody who's really disabled or a hoarder or was making like really unreasonable requests what would you what would you have done in that situation i actually have delivered to someone uh well i've delivered to a lot of disabled people but i've had uh delivered to someone who wasn't a hoarder or at least not to my knowledge this was when I think I first started doing food delivery. So this was before the pandemic where you actually had to wait for the customer to open the door, hand them the food. Um, I don't remember how she, um, I don't remember how door open, or I think she said you can come in. So I opened the door um, and I think she had something to notice, you know, about her being disabled. Um, so I opened the door and she was in a wheelchair near her couch. She asked me to put the, uh, I think it was a Burger King order. She, she asked me to put it on the living room table, which is fine with me. Um, and then she told me, she asked me if I could take the trash out, you know, which is fine, but, um, it wasn't really the, the request, but, um, just stepping into someone's home, I think is a huge liability issue. Um, you know, if something goes wrong, I don't know if they have cameras inside or maybe they could blame something on you because you are stepping foot into, onto their property. Um, also it's, it's a huge safety issue. What if, you know, you know, we, we hear stories all the time. I know those stories are, you know, you know, few far between. And I don't know if it's because I'm in a big city like Los Angeles, but, um, you know, me personally, I just don't feel comfortable going to someone's house. And as you know, as, you know, I'm a really big hearted guy and I want to help people out. But, uh, you know, just like Steve said, uh, you know, just got to communicate to him, say, Hey, um, you know, you know, unfortunately, you know, I, I can't, I can't do that. Um, you don't have to name the reasons you could just say, Hey, um, you know, like DoorDash's policy is against that or Hey, Instacart's policy is against that um but yeah, i just want to do it based on your know, liability and um safety issues I, yeah, that, uh, raises, that raises a good point because another thing is, like i said you know especially within this cart we're working for tips working for that five-star rating is that yeah you can say you can refuse to do something but is it worth the potential one star or is it worth getting your tip zeroed out for Sorry, me Steve, I, I saw you were gonna say something yeah uh Look, I, the reason I like this job is I like to help people. I, I love the money. Money's great. And, 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 you know, and all that, but I genuinely like helping people. Uh, there's a lot of, um, this isn't as, this isn't gross at all, but it's not, you know, I, I will deliver to, uh, like a little old lady in an assisted living facility. There was one, I don't know, last fall, I think. And so it was after the COVID, but I brought this lady her groceries and she, she very, I could tell it was really hard for her to ask me, but she, she was on a walker and she said, could you please put my groceries in your kitchen, in, in the kitchen sink? 
go into the kitchen and place them there. I can't lift up anything. And, and I did that. So I went in, I, I put her, her groceries in, in the sink exactly like she wanted. And I turned around and she's holding a couple dollars in her hand. And she's just so grateful, especially since I know a lot of other shoppers have stood at the door and said, nope, nope, I'm not walking in. Mm -hmm. um, now, you know, we're all guys, too. Women who, who are delivering have a whole different perspective and a real I, and I, you know, I can I can appreciate that, too. A lot of women aren't going to want to go into a are less comfortable or even more uncomfortable going into a stranger's house. But they might be for more me, for me, if I, the, I was going to say they might be more comfortable if the customer is a woman. But if it's if it's a yeah, dude, yeah, even maybe. if it's a jacked up dude in a wheelchair, that might, you know, let us know any women who are still watching. Let us know in the comments um, if, what, if that makes that a story? difference. What was that story about um, the I think it was the Instacart customer asking the shopper for a hug and she just grabbed her and pulled her inside. Oh yeah. Yeah. We talked about that on, that was back in like July, I think. And actually that, that lady did get indicted. So she's going to trial for like, but she also like assaulted the lady or something too. Yeah. Pulled her hair and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 I got assaulted working at Radio Shack. What did, you say? <laughs> what did you say? This guy came in. Remember when, Stores used to sell telephones. Mm -hmm. Radio what are those? Sell telephones. <laughs> this guy, I, I used to manage the Radio Shack next to UT in Austin. And this guy comes in and he has in a box this phone that was like 15 years old from the a 15 year old phone. And he wanted a refund on it. Wow. And I said, <laughs> and I said, are you kidding? There's nothing here. And, and he said, what? Anyway, he flipped out and started yelling. And I mean, yelling at his... Anyway, it, it happens. Uh, I kind of just let him go through it, and then he left. And um, I don't think we call the cops or anything. And he called the next day. He called the store and said, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I was off my medication. Uh, he yeah. really... Bullshit. You know, you, I mean, people, that's... People, a lot of people have trouble getting out of their house. And yeah. so you know, you, you've just got to be forgiving. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, we we're lucky to be, you know, <laughs> doing a lot, everything, you know, our, to have a normal day to many people. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that seems like a good place to wrap it up. Cause I mean, we're going 90 minutes now. And I mean, this whole discussion alone could be like an hour or whatever. If we, if we really wanted to get into it, I just wanted to put this out there and like, I will clip this out and do it as his own video. Um, so I thought it's interesting. It's worthy of discussion. Cause it's kind of like where I'm interested to find out like where people would draw the line. Cause right. I, 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 while you were talking, I was trying to find in the app. I remember like when DoorDash, when I first started doing Walmart on DoorDash, it would actually say right in the app, do not enter customer's home. And, and same thing with Amazon flex. It says, do not enter customer's home. And I think it's more just cause the lawyers told them to tell, you know, put that in there. The liability but, issue. Yeah. I, I, I really don't mind unless like they got dogs or, you know, chickens running around or something, but um, the, the, the answer is not going to be in the app because we're not yeah. employees. It all, it comes back to that same thing. It's easy. I we're, mean, it's easy to say not, that we're, now, we're, but we're contractors. So it's up to yeah. us to resolve any issue, but it could also be in the terms of service. Yeah. 
I mean, I I don't think I, I don't think. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe Steve would know, but it, whether or not that's something that they can forbid you from doing. Um, as far and as far as the legal things too, it might vary from state to state, but um, yeah, and it's also the the it's just a matter of you know you can say like like I said like I don't mind delivering into people's kitchens. I offer to after COVID, nobody takes me up on it anymore. They all just say leave it at the door except for like in the case of this guy. It's um, like that. It's like the case of the lady, the driver we were talking about earlier, who, mm-hmm. who, who ran over two people on a motorcycle at the end of the day, Uber or Lyft aren't really liable for what the shopper did. And so what we do, what you did at that guy's apartment doesn't really matter. I mean, for it's not really a matter. It's it's not Instacart's. Yeah, they're not going to be. I mean, if you went in there and broke his arm, <laughs> Instacart they couldn't sue Instacart either, because yeah. it's um. Well, if you it's, got our, the right it's lawyer, our business. It's our business. If you got the right lawyer, anybody can sue anybody for anything. Well, so. sure, anybody can sue anybody. All right, we're we're going super long. Let's wrap this up. Uh, Steve, let let people know where they can get your book. I had a great time. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Chad. I've, uh, I I've been, uh, off the reservation all year, so mm-hmm. hopefully I can come back more. Um, anyway, you can get shop like a pro make money grocery shopping for Instacart or shipped. The book is open to, uh, both platforms. If you want to deliver groceries, it's all mm-hmm. about that and you can buy it on amazon just google shop like or go to amazon search for shop like a pro and you'll see the orange the pretty the nice orange cover i actually put a link to it in the description so people can just click and go right there thank you yep use your affiliate link yep it is <laughs> i'll get 10 cents off by the way the book is available as an ebook too most people buy the ebooks yeah it's six dollars as an e as a, as a kindle mm-hmm. All right, John, let people know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on, on my YouTube channel. Just look up my name, John McKillian. Uh, also, my book, um, Five Foundations of Contentment. Uh, and then the subtitle is Adopt Winning Habits to Create a Successful Daily Routine Become the Best Version of Yourself. Essentially, it's just a, uh, it's just a self-help book based on my experiences of how I became you know, a better version of myself. Um, not gig-related, but uh, you know, if you want to improve you know, your life and uh, you know, just, le- just learn – uh, a few really important stuff, you know, check it out. Uh, thanks again, Chad. Thanks for having me on. It was really fun. Uh, had a blast and, uh, you know, hope we do it again soon. Yep. All right. Everybody have a week and I will be back. Oh, you know, I should have plugged this at the beginning of the show. Where is it? All right. So let me show you what's coming up. So this coming Wednesday, I will be talking to the driven dad. That's December 1st. And then the week after that is not Wednesday. It is a Thursday. We're talking to Violetta Lamone. And then, the week after that is a matinee on a Tuesday. I'm going to talk to Matt Spoke, the CEO and founder of Moose Financial. Um, they've been in the news a lot lately. So that is the next three guests on the Gig2 podcast interview show. All right. So if you guys watch all the end, you are awesome. Thanks for watching. And I will see you on Wednesday. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Chad will be back in a few days interviewing a fellow gig worker, content creator, 
or an industry insider to discuss the world of the gig economy. Until then, keep hustling.